Hi, friends. How are you? You good? On this Sunday morning, there's no snow. Right? right. Will you pray with me? Ever-present God, in the times when we are steady and in the times when we are fearful, thank you for being with us. As we go forward into our world this week, may we be faithful like Naomi, vulnerable like Ruth, and have kind character like Boaz. Teach us through the story of Ruth your love for us as Jesus sacrificed everything. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love reading historical fiction and nonfiction books. Does anybody have a library with lots of books? Right? I think that we, my husband and I moved this last summer, and we had a truck, and then we had the book truck, because we had so many books. We love that. I love learning about the stories of people who have lived ordinary and extraordinary lives. I usually read a book before I go to sleep, and my most recent book that I'm into right now is about three women who lived through the Holocaust and their stories. They're incredible stories. Ruth is a story of extraordinary. I love Ruth's story, though, because of her ordinariness. Her story is in her ordinariness. Her story is extraordinary. Pastor Tim dove into Ruth 1 and 2, and I will spend some time with you today in chapter 3. But before I do, a little about my story. I was born in Rochester, New York, is that better? And spent my childhood surrounded by my extended family. My parents raised me and my younger brother and sister in the same church where we were raised. There we are. That's my brother's wedding, my whole family. Both my grandparents, my mom's two living siblings with their families, and countless great aunts and uncles. I never had a babysitter because all of my family lived so close. Church and faith was and still is important to my family. I spent so many Sundays in the back pew, sitting between my paternal grandparents, coloring the O's in my bulletin. Some of you must know what I'm talking about. I went to college in Canton, Ohio, and then to Asbury Theological Seminary to pursue my Master of Divinity with a concentration in Christian education to prepare for ordination as a deacon and ministry and faith formation. While in seminary, I met my husband, Rich, and after we graduated, we moved to Michigan close to Rich's family. We spent 12 years in Waterford, where I served at Central United Methodist Church and worked with children and adult faith formation. Last June, we moved to Okemos to be closer to Rich's office, and I started as the Children's Initiatives Coordinator for the Michigan Conference. So, you know, Pastor Tim and Pastor... Rod have Redeemer Church, both campuses. I have 800 churches across Michigan. It's very fun. We've had a pretty ordinary story so far. Life has given us our ups and downs. We've had our share of health scares. We've had our share of incredible opportunities. We work hard. 
love raising our two boys, and look forward to watching football on Saturdays. We live an ordinary life, and yet we see God working in so many extraordinary ways. As a quick overview, we start the book of Ruth with a happy family who moved from their hometown of Bethlehem to Moab because of famine. Naomi and her husband have two sons who marry women from Moab. Things are going well until Naomi's husband dies, and then her two sons die, and now Naomi is left with two daughters-in-law. Naomi decides to go back to Bethlehem, where her family lives and where she can probably find more safety and people to care for her. One of her daughters-in-law decides to stay in Moab, but the other, Ruth, makes a decision to go with Naomi. Ruth says, wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And with that, Ruth and Naomi make the journey from Moab back to Bethlehem. Once they're in Bethlehem, Ruth gleans in the fields for food. This was the way that widows could survive in that culture. It was dangerous work. It was hard work. But Ruth was protected. She had found refuge and was able to collect enough grain to feed herself and her mother-in-law. Now, Ruth chapter 3 is a fascinating study of the culture of that time period and the character of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. Learning about the culture during the biblical story is fascinating. Ruth has already found a safe place for her to find food. And she is setting the stage to find protection for herself and Naomi. In the same way, Naomi is concerned about the well-being of not only Ruth, but of herself. And she understands the concept of the guardian redeemer of that culture. Now, the guardian redeemer is a close family relative. His duty under the Mosaic law related to Moses was to redeem or buy back the land of a relative who had fallen into hard times, to buy back a relative who had been enslaved, to avenge for a relative's murder, and or to provide an heir for a brother who had died. The responsibilities of the guardian redeemer called for sacrifice and meant voluntarily giving up part of one's own inheritance for the sake of another. Naomi understood that Boaz was a guardian redeemer for her family. And so she began to orchestrate the steps to ensure that Ruth would be secure in the absence of her own husband and family. Ruth was essentially an immigrant in a foreign land. Naomi was savvy enough to know and understand her culture and be creative in problem solving. So Naomi gave Ruth really clear instructions about the next steps. She knew Boaz would be winnowing barley. It was harvest time. Winnowing barley is an important process in the harvesting work. It's also hard work. Winnowing the grain typically took place outside the town where a person would use a pitchfork to throw the grain up into the air and the breeze or wind would blow the lighter unwanted stock and chaff 
leaving the heavier grain to fall to the ground. Now, I haven't had much experience with winnowing, at least not part of my livelihood, but my childhood home had wheat fields on three sides. And sometimes my siblings and I would sneak out there and pick a few stalks and rub the ends together and then let the chaff blow away and we'd be left with the kernels, right? So that is what they were doing. I see a few heads nodding, so you kind of know what I'm talking about. It was fun to do that with one head of wheat. I cannot imagine doing that with acres upon acres upon acres. But Ruth trusts Naomi. So Naomi lays out a plan. Take a bath. Put on some perfume. Put on nice clothes and go down to the threshing floor. Think about that for a minute. Get all pretty and go to the threshing floor. It must have been dirty and dusty, filled with grain and the smell of sweat and hard work. It was probably hot. Hopefully there was still a breeze still blowing. And when Boaz arrives, says Naomi, Ruth was to uncover his feet and then wait for him to tell her what to do next. Now, I'm cool with this plan up until then. Like, step by step, got it, okay, wait. Now you want me to wait until he tells me what to do? Like, there's a lot of possibilities that can happen with that. But Naomi's not concerned. Naomi's focused on Ruth's future. She is giving instructions so that Ruth will be able to present herself as eligible for marriage. Naomi's faithful to her commitment to Ruth, and she is savvy to know that because of how Boaz reacted and responded previously, that he's a man of character who will follow through with his responsibility to Ruth as a guardian redeemer. So this part of Ruth's story makes me think about the wise people who have been part of my life given me guidance to lead me down a path they could see as healthy and life-giving, even if I didn't understand all of it. I'm not talking about the unwanted parenting advice that I've been given from time to time. I'm talking about the retired clergy who walked with me through my ordination process to guide me, to read my paperwork, to help me think through the questions I might be asked during an interview, to give me encouragement. And then they'd say things like, you have what you need, you are ready, now go. I wasn't sure that I was ready to go, but I went. And so did Ruth. She did everything Naomi told her to do, and she found herself at the threshing floor hiding in the shadows while Boaz ate and drank after a long day of work. He hunkered down in his sleeping bag on the edge of the grain pile, probably to protect the grain from thieves. Then Ruth quietly moved her way over to him, uncovered her, his legs, and lay at his feet. Now the temperatures are starting to get a little cooler at night, so you're probably covering up with a blanket. Have you ever woken up and your blankets aren't on you anymore? 
so annoying, right? I absolutely hate it when that happens. I don't like waking up being cold. I don't like that. I like to be snuggled up in my blankets and wake up all warm and cozy. So I can only imagine when Boaz shuddered because he was cold and saw a woman lying at his feet, the shock that would have brought. And what about Ruth? This was the moment. This is where Naomi's plan ended. It's gone perfectly so far. But what thoughts might have been running through her head? What's he going to do? What's he going to say? How is this going to go down? But Boaz's response was a simple question. Who are you? And Ruth doesn't waste any time to say, I'm Ruth. You are my guardian redeemer. Let's get married. Well, maybe not quite like that, but close. His answer to Ruth is nothing but extraordinary. May you be blessed. You are faithful. Don't be afraid. Everyone sees that you are a woman of worth. Let me check in with this man I know who is a closer relative to you than me, and if he doesn't redeem you, I will. Have you ever had that heart beating out of your chest moment? This is the response that Naomi was expecting. She knows that Boaz is a man of character. He is kind. He is trustworthy. And he proves that. I can imagine that the excitement that Ruth feels is palpable. Can you imagine the relief? Life is going to work out okay. Despite all the heartache and the fear and the hard times, life is going to be okay. So Ruth stayed there until morning and left before anyone could recognize her so as not to mess anything up for chapter 4. Boaz gave her barley and sent her on her way. Ruth returns to Naomi and tells her everything. I wonder how that conversation might have gone. Was Ruth talking so fast because it went just as Naomi said it would, that she was so excited and just couldn't possibly believe it and had to get it out as fast as possible? Or was she calm and collected and just so thankful that the words rolled off her tongue with gratitude. Naomi was confident that Boaz would follow through with his word, and you'll be able to hear the conclusion of the story next Sunday with Pastor Tim. Now, there are several places of this part of Ruth's story that are ordinary and several pieces that are extraordinary. Naomi is a person just like you and me. She wasn't born into royalty or anything special. She was savvy and understood her culture well enough to be able to make a plan that would align in such a way that her daughter-in-law and herself would be cared for. Ruth is a person just like you and me. She wasn't born into royalty or anything special. She was faithful and trusting and put herself in a place where she was vulnerable in hope that it would bring security and a better life. She is faithful to her family. Boaz is a person just like you and me. 
He had a job. He worked hard. He showed tremendous character and kindness. Boaz understood his role as a guardian redeemer, which is extraordinarily important in their culture, and he took that role seriously. I'm always taken aback when I read this and think about how Boaz praised Ruth for her kindness. I always think of the kindness of Boaz. He offered an extended protection to Ruth while she worked in the fields. He extended kindness when she was laying at his feet. He gave her a lot of barley to take home to Naomi. He seems to speak to her with kindness in a day when women were seen more as property than people. But Boaz rewards Ruth for her kindness. That Ruth was respectful and honorable. That she didn't chase after the easiest man to get or take the path of least resistance. Her kindness showed in how she cared for Naomi. How she stayed with her even though she could have returned home. And how she followed her directions. I think at the end of the day, it was both Boaz and Ruth who showed kindness. So what? Is this just another nice story in the Bible? One that shows the faithfulness of God's people through their actions? What can we learn from this story today? Let's explore the concept of the guardian redeemer for a moment. Boaz had the opportunity to care for his extended family by taking Ruth as his wife. Most likely, Boaz was significantly older than Ruth. It may or may not have been Ruth's choice to go to Boaz and present her request for marriage. In chapter 3, we know that Boaz at least takes his role as guardian redeemer seriously. But he knows of another man, and if that doesn't work out, then he will be true to his word. This shows incredible character on the part of Boaz. We can also think of God as the guardian redeemer of God's people. Over and over again in the story of the Hebrew people, does God redeem and restore Israel. The people of Israel are exiled over and over, and God brings them back over and over to Israel. Think of Moses leading the people from Egypt, and eventually Joshua leads them into the promised land. The concept of Redeemer finds ultimate fulfillment in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself to bring all people into God's family. Remember the guardian Redeemer has to give something up as part of this role. Jesus gave up everything as the Redeemer as he lived a life that demonstrated love and grace, teaching and storytelling in ordinary and extraordinary ways, which led him to death on a cross and the ultimate redemption of eternal life. How often do we feel like Ruth sitting at the feet of, you fill in the blank, waiting and hoping for an answer that will be redemptive? Where do you turn? I titled this message, Extraordinary Presence, because each person in this chapter had an important presence. 
Naomi was present to Ruth and formulated a plan to protect and care for Ruth and herself. Ruth's presence was significant as she lay on the winnowing floor at the feet of Boaz, wondering what was going to happen next. Boaz's presence as the guardian redeemer was significant because it showed his character and compassion. Each of these examples of presence on their own is impressive, but when combined into a single story is a reminder of the importance of presence. Especially in our time, when we're so quick to go to the next thing that we sometimes forget how important our presence can be in the lives of those around us. So I leave you with next steps. Our world moves so quickly, and it can be difficult to slow down. How can you be present in the world around you? Ask the question each day, where have I seen God today? Some days this will be easy. Some days it may seem more difficult. But how are you listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life to listen more and take time to be in the moment? Second, what is one way that I can be vulnerable this week to share God's love with or without words? Ruth put herself in an exceptionally vulnerable place in order to seek the protection of Boaz. Oftentimes, we find the most rewarding moments of life when we are vulnerable. In turn, we often are more open to the work of the Holy Spirit. Third, how can you be like a guardian redeemer in our world for the disadvantage? Find three ways this week to show intentional acts of kindness. The widow... The orphan, what does it mean to sacrifice in order to help those around us? And I say intentional acts of kindness. Sometimes it's easy to do random acts of kindness, just, oh, here, or a smile. But what would it mean to do intentional acts of kindness that you think through, that you, that you have more purpose behind? The third chapter of Ruth is a reminder to me that sometimes I have to step out of my places of comfort in order to find new life. We can learn about the importance of ordinary presence doing extraordinary things. And when we consider how this story is connected to the Jesus story and to our story today, we can stop looking for people and things on this earth to bring us peace and hope and joy and find everlasting life in Jesus, the Messiah, the one who is our extraordinary presence and the one who fills our lives with meaning. We still have so much to learn from the story of Ruth. Amen.